In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Buddy, there you have it. A classic, classic, as it were, Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture, which has two things that both you and I love. One, it was written and performed in the 80s. Now, 1880s, of course, but that's old school 80s. No one's going to debate that. And two, it has irony because it was written by Tchaikovsky to celebrate the defense of Russia from the French back in 1812. And now we have nothing less than Russia as the aggressor against their poor Ukrainian comrades. I think we're there, my friend. But beautiful song, well-performed. I like especially the, um, the uh, air guitar solo there. That was really good. I think it was Eddie Van Halen, I believe. Well, Eddie Van Halen covered it, um, but it was originally done by Tchaikovsky himself. Really? Well, that's, see, this is the music history that uh, you don't get anywhere else but here with David Pridham and Brad Sheaf. Everyone who wants to learn more about us can go to our website, ipfrequently.com, and they can follow us on the Instaface at IP underscore frequently. And Brad, they can get some uh, fine swag. Really? Well, I like the sound of that. I mean, we are number one show, number one cable radio network number one planet in the number one solar system, at least until somebody shows up to contest that. Mm -hmm. And as they haven't yet, that's where you and I are going to stand. And we are uh, happy to be here. The audience is here, but I got to say, Brad, they look a little apprehensive. I understand that there are peacekeepers rolling into the Ukraine and potentially into uh, into this studio later today. Well, you know, we're big fans of peace, you and I, and so we're happy to have peacekeepers uh, show up in our studio audience at any point in time, as long as they wear their armbands, we'll be able to identify them. And you know what, buddy, it's, it's classic Putin, right? I mean, it, it is interesting to send peacekeepers into places where there was nothing but peace until you showed up, right? It's kind of like the classic protection racket. Walk into the bar, you say, hey, nice bar you got here. Hate to see anything happen to it. I'll happily take your money to ensure that nothing does. If the barkeep is not, you know, quick on the uptake, he might look at you and say, well, I, you know, I've really never had a problem. And then you just look at him and go, oh, is that right? And then, you know, things move on from there. And that's what you got Putin doing in the Ukraine. Well, yeah. And, and again, this week, big week. This is uh, and listen, if we recorded this show in advance, we probably would have had to record two versions because, because of course, Brad, this is the week that 2-2-22 took place. A lot of astrologers were out there saying that there is a big power shift uh, in the force that's going on this week. And I mm. suppose if Brad and I were crafty enough, we'd have two versions of uh, uh, of this uh, this program pre-recorded. One, if the world did not end, 
right? Where we're mm. talking about the studio audience and maybe some mm. Rob Roy's and various cordials and two, assuming the world does end, telling people basically to take cover and get a lot of canned food. Yeah. Well, now, how is the force supposed to shift? Is this favor Darth Vader or more of a Luke Skywalker-ish kind of a shift? Well, I think that um, the astrologers that were quoted in the reports that I saw really didn't know, right? They mm -hmm. said 2, 2, 22. Those are magical numbers, uh, especially when you're at 222 on 2, 2, 22. Um, that is something that's unprecedented. It's, in fact, never happened. But uh, listen, it's going to be big. We know that. And we know that this is potentially playing out, my friend, in the former Soviet uh, satellite Ukraine, where currently Vladimir Putin, he of the big table fame of the mm -hmm. big ornate table fame mm -hmm. has now sent in, quote unquote, peacekeepers to keep, to keep the peace. Their peacekeepers yeah. are in tanks. They're rolling yeah. into the quote unquote <laughs> separatist regions of the Ukraine yeah. in, um, in, in what appears to be a, uh, an invasion of uh, that sovereign state. Well, buddy, you can always tell what a peacekeeper really means to keep the peace because he's in a tank. Mm hmm. Yeah, and now, and now what we see is uh, obviously the all eyes turn to Washington D.C. for the uh, U.S. response to uh, to this uh, uh, peacekeeping expedition into the Ukraine. And I, what I can't help but do is sort of take a look at the track record of this administration, who I do believe you've supported on a number of occasions. <laughs> and um, when you look at what happened in Afghanistan, where they pulled out, and you know now it's a terrorist uh, state again. They killed all the pipelines in the U.S. that uh, created energy independence. They greenlit that pipeline from Germany into Russia, which I think is now um, on hold again because of this invasion. You know, it certainly made it easier for Putin to go in, knowing that you kind of have this feckless administration that's uh, really not going to do anything but have some sanctions that I don't think are going to have much of an effect. Well, and I mean, you know, everything you need to know. If Putin was waiting for the final signal from Washington that everything was green-lighted for his invasion of the Ukraine. He got it when we sent Kamala Harris over there as our official spokesperson and uh, you know manager of the crisis, right? I mean, as soon as you see that, as soon as Putin sees her get on a plane and goes to CNN and listens to them heralding her arrival in Europe as you know America's lead envoy to the crisis, then if you're Putin, you just turn to your boys and go, that's it. Roll in the tanks. Oh, by the way, let's have some fun. Call them peacekeepers. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, I mean, um, and, and again, this is part of our, our big program today. And, you know, everyone knows we start with the two big pieces of news that everyone needs to know about, understand and get their arms around. And really, this is the only place you can come for unfiltered news. We encourage our people to come in with one sheet of paper and a fine point pen, and that's it. But obviously, the Ukraine is a big uh, news item. You need to know about it. And, and listen, you're right. They did send Kamala Harris there and, and to, to the Munich Security Conference. And she said, and here's a quote. I mean, listen, guys, we're talking about the potential for war in Europe. Uh, I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's war in Europe. Listen, guys, it's been over 70 years that war Europe has been peaceful. And through those 70 years, there has been complete peace and security in Europe. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe, guys. Um, first of all, I don't know if that's factually accurate, um, yeah. that there's been uh, peace in Europe for the last 70 years. Yeah, I, I would dispute that. With yeah. that. Mm -hmm. um, but just a, just a shit show 
on all. Um, and I'm not even sure if I could say that, but uh, what, how embarrassing is that? I mean, it's like a third grade uh, person. Um, I don't want to be very careful with pronouns here um, in their first debate, just like, you know, I mean, come on guys. I mean, uh, come on God. I mean, can you imagine being a Ukrainian? I mean, it's just time to, to, to head for the border. And, yeah, and, no, and you pack up your canned goods and, and you head for the board. That's exactly right. And buddy, I mean, you know, unfortunately, you had to pick a grade. You picked the third grade. I don't think that's unreasonable, but I think a self-respecting third grader is now looking around going, hey, you wouldn't have heard me say anything that stupid if I got sent over there. I mean, I know how important this is, and I think I could have put together two coherent sentences that weren't all comprised of the same words in different order. Right. So, I mean, if you are a third grader and you're listening to this program and if you are, I tip my cap. This is where you get all the news you need as well. Uh, But we didn't mean anything by that. We will keep on monitoring the situation in the Ukraine. I'm sure it's going to be I don't know if it's necessarily going to get a lot better, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll be here and we'll um, we'll we'll certainly try to help you all out and, uh, you know, figure out exactly what is uh, what is going on over there. But next, Brad, we are always on the lookout for things that can help our small business owners, right? Small business owners. And we've now learned that there is a new scam being perpetrated on um, businesses out there. Uh, In particular, recently, we've seen this come up in the uh, Georgia uh, Office of the the, uh, Vocational Health and Safety, where a uh, 43-year-old Robin Folsom, who I believe you know, don't think so, but keep Don't talking. Think so. Don't think yeah. so. Um, yeah. She has been uh, apparently uh, for the last 13 months on uh, paid maternity leave um, wow. where, she, where she was wearing a uh, fake baby bump. Um, and uh, this all fell apart after 13 months um, when a coworker visiting her house noticed the baby bump was bogus. I guess she had one of these. I guess they sell something that you can wear to, to make it look like you're pregnant and she made up the father the father um, of the child she had told her boss was one bran odamembibu yeah if you're gonna listen if you're gonna lie lie with the name no one can pronounce yeah yeah and she doubled down she said he existed uh she said uh it was a very difficult 13 month pregnancy and i imagine um, and then I think it was doubled- miss Folsom an elephant by chance she is she is not a uh she is not a uh, an elephant um mm. apparently she did this once Got away with it, went back to the office, then doubled down and had a second pregnancy. Wow. And um, apparently the uh, Office of Inspector General in Georgia found there were no records of her giving birth once, let alone twice. And her insurance records didn't indicate any trips to the hospital for any pregnancy um, exams or um, birth for that matter. So you got to watch out for this. You got to watch out for the scam. I think I think uh, this woman is probably going to be going away for a while. Brad, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be on the lookout for others perpetrating a similar scam. Well, I mean, you certainly should. I mean, again, I think in most cases as a small business owner, you're going to have some sense of the folks who work for you and whether or not they are actually pregnant. But exactly how do you purport to be pregnant for 13 months and never produce a child? Yeah. Yeah, I, I again, I don't, uh, I don't know, Brad, but it's obviously something that people need to be cognizant of. Um, we recently had an incident at BYU that I wonder, 
I wonder, Brigham Young University, Brad, those are the people Indeed. that own um, uh, RPX and also um, are some really good football players and good teeth, good teeth. Yes, very nice um, teeth. There was a massive explosion in a dorm room at uh, BYU when a student was brewing rocket fuel in a dorm kitchen, and it caused what was uh, called a quote-unquote fireball explosion. They didn't name the student, obviously, for um, privacy reasons, but they did say it happened at Heritage Hall, which I believe you have visited before. Um, And uh, the quote from the, the... the police department, the flames from the explosion engulfed all the walls and ceiling around the stove and the intense heat tripped the fire sprinkler system, which sent all the students running for the quad. It looks like you know, literally somewhere in the Ukraine. Um, but the school, BYU, in response to this said, first, in terms of the student that was conducting this experiment, uh, they said they did not know why said student was trying to make a rocket fuel in his dorm. Uh, he was subject to discipline by the university. Uh, and then they said for all students, Brad, and this is something that we could probably take um, to our children. Please keep your experiments in the lab supervised by trained professionals. The one thing I would say is there's a lot of similarity with how that dorm room looked and how some of these places in the uh, in the peaceful provinces uh, where the peacekeepers are going in. Maybe we should send Kamala Harris to BYU to talk to some of these students. I'm sure everybody involved in that would enjoy it. Yep. You can learn more about our show on our website, ipfrequently.com. Uh, everything IP Frequently is on that uh, on that site. You can also uh, follow us on uh, the Instagram at IP underscore Frequently. Please follow us. Uh, and then also, um, you know, join us here each week for our podcast, IP Frequently. Uh, please also go and rate and review our podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast, everywhere from uh, Apple Podcasts, Brad, to uh, the big uh, Spotify, probably Pandora, Stitcher, uh, and everywhere in between. Wow, that's uh, that is motivating right there. We do appreciate a an occasional review or even a rating. You can do it on the five star system. You can do it on the ten star system. Anything more than that is hard for our platforms to support. But we encourage you to do both or either. Hard to quantify. Hard to quantify. Well, Brad, uh, we are back uh, this week, back in front of a studio audience. No masks. There are no uh, plastic sheets between audience members and we are raring to go. And as you know, we always like to give updates uh, on, on the different things we cover. And obviously, as people know who follow the podcast, um, I believe, Brad, you had a hand several weeks ago in the death of Betty White, America's sweetheart, but maybe not America's sweetheart after we heard about what the other Golden Girls um, had said about her. Uh, now we do have an update on that story. All right, well, I, I, an update on the death of poor Miss White or an update on the, you know, sort of uh, ill will expressed toward her by other members of the Golden Girls. More like the latter, Brad, and how it applies to other portions of Hollywood's elite. Ah, well, let's have it. Yeah. So a, a new report has come out and this is equally disturbing, right? Uh, everyone knows uh, Betty White, America's sweetheart, but also, um, you know, who doesn't love Lucy? I do. I know you do. I do. I do. And you remember the great, uh, the great uh, Lucy and Ricky, the great uh, Lucille Ball, Desi Arnaz and their lovely um, uh, uh, co-stars. This is the I Love Lucy show. Fred yeah. and Ethel Mertz. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and you remember Fred. 
course, William Frawley played uh, Fred Mertz, one of the great. He was a curmudgeon, but a nice oh, guy. Yeah. Loved loved Ethel, though, right, Brad? He did, indeed. He did, he did. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Brad, that, that may not be uh, as true as we thought. And again, our eyes are becoming open to all these things. The Golden Girls um, revelations last week were troubling, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, a new report, and there has to be a new report, but it's a new report about old information because I think both uh, Vivian Vance and William Frawley, who played uh, Ethel and Fred Mertz, have been dead for decades. I'm sure um, that's true. But a new report uh, that has come out in a new book, uh, when asked about uh, Vivian Vance, the lovely Ethel Mertz, William Frawley referred to her as a, quote, miserable Betty White, end quote. Um, wow. He's yes. Pulling any punches there, is he? Is, he? He, is not, uh, he is not pulling any punches. He went on to, uh, um, you know, say some other things about her. And when he, when he was asked um, how he felt after calling her that, he said, quote, I was pretty pleased with myself, end quote. Um, so well, good for him. So there's all there's all Fred Mertz. Um, yeah. Again, it seems like another another one of our visions about uh, um, a, a great uh, American sweetheart. Uh, Vivian Vance seems to have been shattered or maybe not. Maybe it's good to get behind the scenes and find out what these people are really like, what they're really about. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't want to have the wool pulled over our eyes any farther than we have to. But now I guess I'm going to have to step back and give them a little more credit if they all hated each other, mm-hmm. which apparently they did. But they were then able to walk out on the set and, you know, make the rest of us believe that it was, you know, happily ever after. But we'll uh, we'll move on to the Biden watch this week. Hunter Biden, uh, there has been a grand jury impaneled in the Hunter Biden tax probe in Delaware, in Delaware, by the way, who are uh-huh. looking into uh, a lot of his um, dealings with uh, foreign governments and the flow of cash into his accounts and then not apparently to the IRS. Um, one of his uh, girlfriends gave evidence recently um, uh, for hours, I guess, about his uh, propensity to um, spend a lot of cash, to live in um uh, very fancy hotels for months and months on end, and apparently uh, lived with her at the Chateau Marmont, which is a foo-foo hotel, Brad, in, in, in Hollywood, I believe. It's where the great John Belushi overdosed. And apparently it's also the place where, much like the, um, uh, the jet fuel student at BYU, uh, Hunter learned to cook something there. It was crack cocaine. Um, and so this testimony is ongoing. It seems like perhaps the, uh, uh, the, uh, net is closing a little bit on your good friend, Hunter Biden, but he does continue to strangely enough, sell a bunch of artwork to foreign dignitaries for hundreds of thousands of dollars. So what do you think is the uh, gig up or is it just beginning? Well, apparently not yet. I mean, he's, he's, you know, people. These foreign dignitaries are getting a nice postcard that looks like it was drawn by a two-year-old in exchange for access to the president of the United States. And so you've got that situation going on. And, you know, I guess if you're Hunter Biden, you just keep doing that until someone makes you stop. Well, if, if, if it's any consolation, apparently he did have plenty of cash. And this is the I believe this is the woman that he cheated on his wife's. No, he divorced his wife and then he his he was with his brother's wife right after the brother died. And then this is the woman he cheated on her with Zoe Caston, who is a garment and lingerie textile designer who uh, goes by the uh, media handle weed slut for 20 weed weed slut for 20. So again, Mm -hmm. listen, all in the family. I think it's a nice uh, class act. 
sure she'll be enjoying the um, the uh, luxuries of the White House for the State of the Union. No, she may um, kick it up to Weed Slut 421. Could be. Could be, Brad. Uh, next, COVID corner. Uh, lots going on here. Listen, lots going on here. Fauci, Anthony Fauci, um, the uh, dean of all things COVID, has said we are now, now that the cases are plummeting and deaths are plummeting, are able to start, quote, inching back towards normality. He, uh, he said, look, we can start slowly moving back. There's no perfect solution, but we can start moving back to where we used to be, although we'll never get back, Brad, to um, where we used to be. And you don't want to be reckless and, quote, throw everything aside. But you've got to start very slowly inching towards reality, end quote. Um, and so he's saying we can, we can move forward, uh, but, but he said it's too risky right? Too risky to take the masks off kids in school. He said, you've got to keep that going for a little bit longer, um, but that's too risky. Do you think this is a good um, way to go? Do you think uh, Anthony Fauci is leading us in the right direction? I mean, listen, he's led us this long, right? Yeah, he's a nut job. He's just a nut job. I mean, I, of all the different chunks of our population, kids are least affected by COVID. That is a fact. I mean, that's not that's not a political statement. That's not wishful thinking. That is just the truth. He's obviously lost it. And I have no idea why we're still listening to him. I have no idea why anyone still listens to him. And the one question I would like to ask him, having heard the statement that we're, we're never going to be able to get all the way back is exactly what were we doing in 2019 that we're no longer ever going to be able to do as a human race? I hope the answer is fund gain of function research in a rickety Chinese lab. I hope that's what he would come up with as the one thing we were doing in 2019 that we ought not do as a species going forward. Other than that, I don't see anything we were doing in 2019 that we cannot go back to doing. It's a virus. They've been around before we were around. I, don't, I mean, buddy, I know we, we sound like a broken record, but it is what it is. That's the price of admission to planet Earth. You get sick. And listen, we um, we saw this this week when our worst fears were revealed, when we found out that Queen Elizabeth, 95, has contracted COVID, which was deliberately given to her by her son, Prince Charles, and the Duchess of Cornhall, uh, who are trying to snatch the throne from her. Um, and you, you just tell everything you need to know about COVID at this point when you know the Queen is continuing to um, fulfill her duties virtually. Um, she's being monitored and she's taking a quote sensible approach, but she's still fulfilling her online audiences and returning television, uh, I'm sorry, re re receiving telephone messages. And Brad, she was also cheering at the telly uh, quote, as her horse, Kin Carney, won at Newberry. And obviously you and I follow Newberry every year. It's a big event or place, not really sure, but it's a, it's a big deal. And oh, the yeah. fact that she got I mean, the joy in her heart as Kin Carney, Kin Cardini, um, the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful animal, by the way, mm. uh, won at Newberry. I mean, that, that's a big deal. But the queen is, is if she can punch through it at 95, uh, you would think that Fauci could make some exceptions and let kids go to school 
without masks. And look, down here in the Lone Star State, kids are not wearing masks in public schools. Uh, they haven't been for a while. And uh, I know in the Northeast, it's different, but it's starting to change. But I think that's where that's where we, we really have to start. And then we have to take a look at some of the authoritarian practices that school boards and municipalities and governments like, uh, like you know, Canada are, uh, are, are, are undergoing right now. Yeah, I mean, but we got to, there definitely needs to be some retrospective done here, you know, sort of at, at a high you know, kind of a macro level. And then for each one of us, right? I mean, again, you and I have discussed this ad infinitum here on these, these very hallowed airwaves and that each one of us is a little bit responsible for where we have found ourselves, right? All of these elected officials, to my knowledge, again, there may be some shady double dealings in, in certain political districts, but certainly at a national level, I think everyone is in agreement that, you know, while there's never been an election where all the votes have been counted entirely accurately or every vote has been cast entirely legitimately, that as a general rule, folks that have been elected to their positions have been legitimately elected to that position. And we, the electorate, are therefore responsible for the authority and the control that we have seated. And each and every one of us has to pay attention to who we are voting for, because somehow we put a collection of people in many of the different districts in this country that the moment the opportunity presented itself for them just to become absolute authoritarians and just start barking orders at their constituents and telling them how they were going to live their lives, how their children were going to live their lives, not just in terms of whether or not those kids were wearing masks, but what they were going to be educated in to the point of several of them making statements that parents should have no say in their own child's education. We put all of those people in those positions. And if that's going to change, we're going to have to change it. And so I hope that not only will we take kind of a global look at how we got where we are and how we elected some of these people to where they are, but each of us will spend more time on all the things you vote for, all the propositions, all the local officials, each one of those things adds up and somehow got us to the point where we were locked in our homes and our and control of our child's education was taken from us by these people we voted for. And that's not good. Yep. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And you see this playing out in Canada, right? I mean, the same thing is happening now. Where it's basically crazy. The, the powers that have been given to the uh, the uh, Justine Trudeau are, are insane and he's setting up checkpoints and, you know, they are, they are draining people's bank accounts and they're locking people up indefinitely without due process. Although I don't know if due process has ever been a thing in Canada, but this emergencies power act is pretty scary. And, you know, you take a look at, at you know, what they're doing. And even, even now as some of the streets in Ottawa have been cleared out, um, he has been given this sort of unprecedented power to um, quell future rebellions. It's sort of like, Brad, it's sort of like what happened in that fourth Star Wars movie that was really the first Star Wars movie where the emperor was given like um, this executive authority, right? Yeah. The executive authority. And then he just took over the universe. Yeah. Which is not what you're looking for. And you got to ask yourself, especially if you're up in Canada, how, who is this good for. I mean, imagine what we would be saying if it came out that in Russia or in China or in North Korea, that, you know, people's bank accounts were just being drained. Yeah. Right. Because they opposed a governmental position. 
right? Or that all your property could just be seized from you or that you could be thrown in the lockup for, you know, goodness knows how long, maybe a waiting trial, maybe not. Because again, you took an opposing view to a political position. I mean, we, we, we would just be, you know, irate and self-righteous about how, how could anyone live in a country like that? And yet, I mean, we live in countries like that, right? I mean, within the sound of my voice on these powerful airwaves are people who live in that situation. And who is that good for, right? I mean, okay, maybe the streets in Udua got cleaned up a little quicker than they would have. Okay, but is, is that worth giving up all of your freedom so that they can move some trucks out of Udua? Sure. I mean, I just, I don't get it. I mean, wake up and look around. It, this is toothpaste out of the tube. It's gonna be very hard to get back in. We've set a precedent that when people begin to protest duly elected governments that we can just shut them down, take their stuff and throw them into a prison. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I believe at least down here in the good old Estados Unidos, we fought a revolutionary war over that. And you know, we're fortunate to be victorious largely because our leadership had some, uh, you know, what's the appropriate term, buddy? Cajones. Cajones, thank you. Had the cojones to go after the Redcoats. Okay, and, and now we're just giving all of that back for free. Just well, giving it all back. Not not all of it, my friend. Not all of it. Because just when you think um, it is darkest and just when you think there's no hope, here comes Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow, who has filled a truck with 10,000 free pillows, okay? And he is planning to drop these pillows from a helicopter to Freedom con uh, <laughs> Convoy protesters in Ottawa and, and, and the outskirts. He said, Lindell said, the pillows would be fashioned with little, quote, little parachutes to ensure their safe delivery. Um, so this is the type of thing, you know, that, 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 that we're looking for. Now, they, they, listen, as with anything, it didn't go off without a hitch. Uh, his drivers were turned away at the border for not being vaccinated and went back to Minnesota. But... It really, it's the effort that counts here. It's not the comfortable night's sleep. Well, that's certainly true. And I think if there's anything that the truckers are looking for as they sat in their trucks for weeks on end, they're probably all saying to themselves, this would all be fine if I just had a my pillow. I mean, I think that's probably the one thing that they really needed. And now, if I were Mike Lindell, I would not get in that helicopter and fly in Canadian airspace dropping pillows out unless I had my own parachute because I believe the Emergency Powers Act allows Justine Trudeau to shoot him right out of the air mm -hmm. for, you know, dropping illicit pillows down to these obvious insurgents who are simply trying to make a living without having to needlessly wear a mask inside their truck. But you know what, buddy, that's neither here nor there. To your point, Mr. Lindell made an effort and the only way he knows how the man makes pillows. He wanted to give away free pillows. There you have it. And for the, you know life what? Of, for the life of me, I thought turkeys could fly. For those of you listening to the IP Frequently podcast, we encourage you to go and rate and review our podcast wherever you uh, download your, uh, your podcast from. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. And again, if anyone has any questions for Brad, they can uh, submit them through the website. Brad is here to answer them. And, and Brad, we're thinking about going back to uh, 
doing some more um, interactivity with the uh, the old audience here in the coming weeks. What do you think about that? Exciting? I love it. Oh yeah, no, I absolutely. Every time we get to interface with our studio audience. I'm made smarter. I'm made better. I enjoy the show more. We should do that as often as we can. Well, speaking of exciting, Brad, um, as you know, and, and, and anyone that uh, watches the, the ESPN, this is the big week. Ivy League Women's Swim Championships. Very exciting. Um, as you know, this year, the Ivy League has uh, been bolstered. They've seen its women's swim teams bolstered by the likes of uh, Leah Thomas, who is a um, transitioning female uh, representing um, uh, University of Pennsylvania and Isaac Hennig, who uh, uh, Isaac, uh, I guess a young lady that swims for um, Yale. Uh, this year, some, you know, obviously some big uh, events. Uh, both of them won various competitions in the Ivy League championships. And then Leah Thomas uh, shut out Isaac in the 500 yard freestyle that's a win uh in addition uh leah thomas won the uh, 200 meter swim another win um second was isaac in both of those races and i believe isaac has won a couple of the races as well so a pr pretty good um showing for the um transitioning females in the ivy league swim championships brad next of course will be the ncaa's i mean who hasn't sat down uh, with a bucket of popcorn and a, and a, and a Coca-Cola and watch the women's swim championships. And these two young men, women um, give you a lot to, lot to look at. Well, that they do, my friend. I mean, there's all kinds of components and parts there that you don't normally see in a women's sporting event. And uh, that's always nice. And again, if you want to live your life trying to make yourself into a gender into which you were not born, that is a decision that you get to make. Okay. I mean, I, I don't think that there's anyone who would say at this point in time, you're not allowed to do that. But the line that I don't understand crossing, right? I'm not sure how we got here is when an individual decides I am going to live my life this way and then subsequently demands that every other individual bow the knee to that decision and be forced to live with it, however unfair or inequitable that may be, that's the line that I don't understand. I, I don't understand why universities are taking the position that all of the biological females who from the time they were six years old were going to the pool at 4 a.m. with their parents, because that's the only time they, they could get swim time and training and training and dedicating themselves and doing everything necessary to be able to compete fairly at the highest levels of their sport, why all of that should just be thrown in the garbage so that an individual on a given team can live out their dream of being a different gender. I, I, I don't get that. Hey, if you're a former dude, you want to dress up like a girl, transition to being a girl, have the surgery, take the drug, whatever it is you want to do. Hey, you got your life to live, you live it. I don't understand why everybody else has to kowtow to that person's choice. How did we get there? Well, it's sort of like, remember the old days, the pro wrestling. And so you'd have this guy in the ring. Like remember Joey Morella, Joey Morella would be in the ring and he'd be oiled up. He'd be, ready. He'd be like, that guy's in good shape. 
you know, he's got a chance. And then they'd announce, you know, and his opponent, six foot 10, weighing 500 pounds, big John stud. And then the next thing, you know, Joey Morella's head is being driven into the mat in a pile driver, blood everywhere. He's not moving. Very little uh, opportunity for Joey Morella. And, And what I always do is I say, look, who is the best person to comment on something like this? Right. Because it's not you or I. We haven't transitioned. We don't know. That's true. We simply don't know. Um, so Caitlyn Jenner, right, who as Bruce Jenner won the 1976 decathlon and Brad was on a box of Wheaties probably the, for the first decade of our lives. Yes, Caitlyn Jenner true. had this to say. Biological boys should not be playing in women's sports. We need to protect women's sports. Leah Thomas is not good for women's sports. It's unfortunate this is happening. I don't know why she's doing it. She knows when she's swimming, she's beating the competition by two or three laps. She was born a biological boy. She was raised as a biological boy. Her cardiovascular system is bigger. Her respiratory system is bigger. Her hands are bigger. She can swim faster. That's a fact. All of this is woke world that we're living in right now. And a woke world is not working. I feel sorry for the other athletes that are out there, especially at Penn or anyone she's competing against, because in the woke world, you have to say, oh, my gosh, this is great. And actually, no, it's not great. So there, Brad, Caitlyn Jenner, spot on. Yeah, no. And and again, obviously, you and I do not always agree with Caitlyn Jenner, but we certainly agree with that. And, And she is if anyone has the bona fides to comment on it in this, you know, somewhat unusual set of circumstances in which we're in, it would be Caitlyn Jenner. There's a person who indisputably knows competition at the highest level, who indisputably knows the decisions that go into transitioning and, you know, the, the, I don't know, difficulties or struggles that one goes through with that, as I imagine there probably are at least some in making that kind of a dramatic transition. Um, But, Caitlyn Jenner is spot on. I mean, and again, if we're going to do this, if we're going to be a culture that advocates for and, uh, you know, sort of lends credibility to this idea of choosing to be a different gender, which again is everybody gets their life to live, right? So you live it the way you want to live it. If we're going to sponsor that as a culture, then fine create transitioning athlete, whatever you want to call it, transgender, just create a category for those athletes to compete in, right? I mean, that does two things that at least certainly returns equity to women's sports. And I guess we've forgotten, you know, the the seventies, the sixties, the seventies, even into the eighties with title nine and all the struggle that went into creating women's sports. I have daughters, you have a daughter. They all play sports. We are advocates for that. Love to see them be able to go out and enjoy that and learn all the lessons that one can learn from competition and from sport. You and I are huge fans. And I I guess we've just forgotten all that. I guess all of that takes a backseat to an individual making the decision that they're going to suddenly declare themselves to no longer be a boy and now they're a girl just because they said it and they want to compete in girls sports. That's crazy. So, I mean, one, it would return equity to athletics and two, I think it would truly make a parent who is serious 
about this transition and who is just taking advantage of rules no one can defend so that they can somehow stroke their damaged ego and say, well, I went from being 496th in the men's category of the sport to being number one in the women's category and somehow feel better, better about themselves, right? If you had those folks have their own league or conference or division or whatever it would be, then I think we would find out who's really committed to this transition and is doing it for, you know, I guess, honest purposes, as opposed to those who are simply looking for a ticket into trophies they don't deserve. Uh, well, anyway, Brad, we'll leave this. We'll continue to monitor the um, Ivy League tournament, but very exciting things happening in that respect. Indeed. Next, Brad, Barter Band. We're going to try something we haven't tried before. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. So Barter Band, this week we have been asked by the folks downtown to do three different barter bands in the span of one segment because oh. there are so many important things going on. Um, they've asked us to do that. And so listen. I'm going to need a sports drink if we're going to do three of them. I'm going to need to keep my electrolytes balanced. I would, I would highly recommend that. Maybe everyone can take a breath right now. Um, you know, at least for the time being, the queen is doing well. So we have that. Um, but yeah, I think everyone should, uh, should get ready, take a breath and let's go. Barter band, bronze Stevie, three items. I'll go through each one and then we'll take them at one time. How about All right, that? Buddy. Let's do it. First avocados, Brad, they're being sold like gold in the U S because there is an import uh, ban in place and uh, a lot of, uh, hesitancy with the way the U.S. reacted to the, um, you know, what's going on in the uh, in the Ukraine, but not with respect to avocados, because there was some nefarious um, uh, threats made by organized crime in the Michoacan region of Mexico. As you know, that is the biggest avocado producing region in, Me in Mexico. So the U.S. Mm -hmm. put a ban on the import of Mexican avocados into the U.S. Now, Brad, domestic avocados are fine. So avocados barter ban. Next, Yogi Bear. There is a 500-pound black bear who has been wreaking havoc in Lake Tahoe. The bear has caused over 150 calls to law enforcement. He has knocked over about 20 trash cans. And this bear has been uh, linked to property damage at 38 different uh, properties. Um, the officials are looking to ban the bear uh, from the Lake Tahoe area um, by, I, I assume, killing him. And then finally, Brad, bullfighting. Um, the final bullfights in Mexico City may be taking place after 500 years. Um, the Mexican Animal Welfare Commission um, gave approval to a law banning public events, quote, at which any animals die as a result of mistreatment. I suppose that opens up a lot of interpretation as to what mistreatment is. Um, but the Mexicans are looking to ban bullfighting, which would obviously put an end to your and my annual trip to Mexico City. Um, so you got three things on the table here, Brad. You've got uh, two of them coming from Mexico, avocados, bullfighting. You've got the Yogi Bear, the 500-pound bear, who I assume would not be um, uh, governed by that Mexican law. Um, uh, so how would you, going into this, I know you're an analytical person. How do you approach this? I think the easiest and cleanest way to do it is just to take it in the numerical order in which you've presented it, right? So let's start with avocados. I don't think that 
banning Mexican avocados is probably hitting the pocketbook of drug lords, right? So this is a classic government action, right? So you say, well, okay, what do we legally import from folks who are probably busting their ass to get avocados to grow and then find a market in which to sell them? And you punish those people because they just keep their heads down in their streets and try not to look around for fear of being killed by drug gangs and you punish them. That seems like a bad idea. I don't know how to address the bear because I don't know why the bear isn't sound asleep. So I, I, I'm not, first of all, I think you probably need to give the bear some NyQuil or you know something along those lines and then tuck it comfortably in its cave and it will not be knocking over garbage cans or wrecking property. And then you can decide what to do with it in the spring. Right. But Yogi Bear is an institution in this country. He wears a hat. He wears a tie. He's a civilized individual. He should be napping. I suggest we go that route. Let him nap. Maybe when he wakes up, he's less grumpy. Right? I mean, I would be knocking over garbage cans, too, if I was supposed to be sound asleep and wasn't. And then the last thing is bullfighting. This is a subject, buddy, about which I know very little. I've never understood bullfighting. I don't know how it works. I mean, I, I know there's a guy out there who is trying to avoid being gored by the bull. What actually does happen to these bulls? Do they, do they kill them in the ring? Is that part of bullfighting? Or once, you know, they sort of lose their, their ability to raise their head and they can't look at the matador and they just, I, I don't know what they do. Maybe they just lie down in the middle of the ring and go, well, this is nonsense. I quit. And then the next thing you got to ask yourself is what happens to most cattle on the planet, right? I mean, my guess is that most of them do not retire to a penthouse and enjoy their autumnal years. I, I think most of them are slaughtered and, you know, used for various purposes. So I, I guess this is once again, you know, something that makes a ton of sense if you don't think about it, but what is the destiny of this creature to begin with? Well, look, there are a lot of unknowns here. I mean, there are there is a pro bear activist group, the Bear League, that's been working with wildlife officials to try and get Yogi to a safe new home. But the problem is he's 500 pounds and he's vicious. So that's going to be a difficult um, bridge to cross, my friend. Uh, with respect to the avocados, I agree. Cut a deal with the drug lords and then get the avocados in here. Guac is always good. And then on the bullfight, I, listen, I don't know. I mean, I know you and I spend a week there in Mexico City every year. Eating you know, avocados primarily. Eating avocados, which are delicious. And, uh, you know, kicking back and enjoying ourselves. I'm going to go, I'm going to do, do bard. I'm going to say band and I'm going to say bared for Yogi Bear. Well, that's good. Again, I think if the bear gets some sleep, he'll be fine. And in fact, I recommend that for all of our listeners, get on a good schedule, get some exercise, get some food, be sure to include avocados. You may have to avoid the bullfights going forward. But one thing you don't have to avoid, my friends, is IP frequently because we will be back here at exactly this time next week and we'll tackle that week then on IP frequently. This has been IP frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome. <laughs>